0: Hello, and welcome to the Player to Prospect podcast. The following episode features a conversation with Chase Watkins, a left-handed pitcher in the Cubs organization. To support the podcast, go to playertoprospect.com. And now, I present to you, Chase Watkins. Three, two, one. What's up? <laughs> How's it going, man? We, we are doing fantastic. Now, for those of you that don't know... Um, this is this is my new friend Chase. We we actually just met right here. But we we have oddly very similar paths um ones that I think hold a lot of value uh in the baseball world and you know just to give like a brief summary um I think you would actually do a better job of explaining your kind of journey very briefly but then we can break it down um after that So let's start out with that, just like a brief summary of how you got to being a minor leaguer in the Cubs organization today.
1: Yeah, I would say I'm probably, when I was in high school and I started to take baseball more seriously, like probably most of the kids watching, and I was like, I kind of want to see how far I can run this out. Um, Traditional, like played Little League, all the normal stuff. But high school was kind of my first probably big adversity point, and then I found a way to get. Get by that, get into a good Division one school, and then I end up leaving after a year just because of like a new coach and mm-hmm. you know it wasn't like I wasn't playing, I got to play a lot, but I wasn't at the level anywhere near to like make it to Pro Bowl, which is what I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. go to Juco, um, the season gets canceled, but I got to pitch a good amount, and then uh Oregon State, which was probably like the most fun year of college for me, yeah. baseball wise. And then had, like, a decent enough year to get picked up by the Cubs. And then, you know, first pro season this year, played against you a few, like... like, A few times. Yeah, like, a dozen games, probably. Um, Yeah. So, but, yeah, like, it's good to be on. I feel like I've, like, already know you just from, like, riffing before we started the live. So, excited to kind of dive into some stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the beauties of baseball just in general. This is a side tangent, but it's so odd how, like... You just, you don't know, you don't know someone for the first, you know, 20 some odd years of your life who's on like a very similar path. And then they just cross and then yeah. it becomes like a whole new thing. And we'll TikTok too, but yeah, baseball, like in general, just like I think it's, it's such a great thing um, that we're able to do this. And, You know, for the player to prospect podcast, I explained to you, but I I guess I'll explain, you know, since this is is like the first installment is that I just want to give, you know, people like you, um, kind of a platform to share the story that you have. And also just kind of like in that, give the advice, uh, to the listeners who definitely could benefit from a story like yours. So do you want to start in high school or do you want to start in college? You said high school you had a big adversity point,
1: yeah, I guess we can start in high school, like okay it's not as interesting as college, but it's important because I felt like I was just like really athletic, but I couldn't transfer it into the mound um, uh,
0: okay, yeah, definitely,
1: and so like it was super frustrating, like all these people telling me all the potential I had, and then I would just go throw like seventy six like as like a freshman or <laughs> sophomore yeah, um, and it was like a battle I kind of like was in on like watching like top velocity stuff and I think that definitely set me back. So mm-hmm. I was like jumping off the mound and stuff.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. we can talk about that too. Oh my yeah. gosh.
1: But you know it wasn't just that. It was just like I didn't allocate enough time to be on the mound to feel comfortable on the mound. Like mm-hmm. unless you're a super super natural, like you need to like spend a ton of time on the mound to like make it comfortable, right? And I would get on the mound and yeah. would feel foreign. Like I would have a really good catch play. I could throw I think I, I hit, like, 90 from the outfield as, like, a sophomore.
0: Oh, you know, okay, so. yeah. So,
1: like, I had a good arm, but then I would get on the mound, mm-hmm. and I would just, like, lose the sequence. Um, so, like, it finally clicked my junior year, and then I was, like, I hit, like, 90 for the first time. And Damn. I was, like, okay. like, I, yeah, I went, I threw, I was literally throwing probably, I was probably throwing 76 to 79 my sophomore year. And then I was, like, 87 to 89 my junior year so like
0: oh so that's a big change yeah Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge thing you mentioned one thing though that I think is really important to talk about and that's comfortability on the mound um even today I'm sure you can agree with me here we I mean if you were to like do a you know um run an experiment right it's like level of comfortability on the mound versus um pitching performance like I I, there's no doubt in my mind there's like a correlation like if you feel comfortable on the mound you're gonna just pitch better like that is that is like at least for me that that is like something that is so tried and true like if I feel good on the mound physically like it's just gonna it's gonna be better it's gonna flow better like I'm gonna be clear mentally all all of that so I like that you talked about that because like you kind of figured out very early in high school that you have to get real comfortable with yourself on the mound. Um, did, was there anything you did in that jump in that sophomore, junior year jump velo wise? Do you remember anything like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of the standard answer, but it was pretty simple. Like I, I started lifting a lot for the first time that sophomore mm-hmm. year and I just got a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just able to control positions a little better. Um, okay. Along with a little bit of intent. Like I started I literally was, like, doing the the old-school pitching lessons that everyone shits on. Like, I, like, did that for, like, a little... Um, I was going to ask, yeah. It worked, like, because at that point, like, I'd never thrown, to like, a, a radar gun before. Like, like, never thrown in a training session where I knew there was a radar gun. Like, I knew how oh, hard okay. it was. Like, someone would randomly, like, gun at, like, some game or something. But... Yeah. And then, like, when you see the number, and then you... it's like It's, like, learning intent. Like, you kind of have to learn intent. And mm. a lot of people... I think that I've never thrown on a radar gun before. Like you put it there and then they like they throw and then they just throw harder. Like, cause it's like the feedback of what they're doing. Um, But other than that, I mean, I gained, I think I gained a good amount of weight. It was, there was nothing really that interesting aside from the basics of like.
0: Okay. So that was your, your kind of big jump maturity wise, just physically just, okay. That's interesting. Cause I was kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum where I was an early bloomer and I was, you know, getting, big offers as a freshman sophomore yeah and that's why i made a commitment to a power five school like as a sophomore going into junior year and i was like yeah oh yeah i'm gonna be fine and then i hit the plateau so it was very very different from your kind of like experience um but then uh so when did you commit to cal poly because that was your first school yeah right so when did that happen
1: that was um i pitched my junior year that was when i started to get interest Mm mm-hmm And I committed, I think like once like school started my senior year. So like after the summer, like, like, but like right as school started. So like, it wasn't, Yeah, it was definitely late, but it wasn't like crazy late in the process, I guess for like mid majors.
0: Could it? Yeah, it definitely could have been later for mid major for sure.
1: Okay. That's how that went.
0: Okay. So then let's fast forward to Cal Poly because I've seen from your videos that the experience wasn't great. Do you want to walk through, walk through that, just starting with the fall?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the fall was really interesting because it was like, I don't know, sometimes when I'm in a really brand new area, I didn't have it happen with the Cubs, but when I first went to Cal Poly and when I first went to Oregon State,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like it took some time for me to, like, settle in and, like, play to my abilities a little. Find um, a
0: groove almost?
1: Yeah, and so – okay but I, I hurt myself. I was, and I was playing rec basketball too. And I like yeah, I saw that really bad, Um, like right away. I think it might've been, I'd, we'd maybe practice, like it was like my first or second bullpen. Mm-hmm. And, and then, so obviously like my image of what my makeup was to the head coach Yeah, was just like a terrible first impression, I
0: guess. It's like, so it obviously- hard. That's so hard because for the coach, yeah. it's like, it's the last thing they want to hear a player tell you them like that you got her playing rec basketball, but it's just something like you, you just think, Oh, I'm not going too hard or like, I'll be fine. So I guess that's another thing. Like, yeah, you know, that happens. So, okay. So what about, so after that, after you kind of have to tell them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, irony too. I was going to the rec center to like do some extra arm care and Oh gosh. And then I finished, and then like there was like some like some normal person that I knew who like wasn't with the baseball team playing, and I was like, yeah. And I started playing, and then I'm like, I'm like running it, like I'm like dunking, like I'm like Euro stepping kids.
0: Oh shit! Okay. (laughs) And then uh,
1: and then there was this other kid that was going kind of hard too, and then I was like in transition, and it happened, but Mm -hmm. so but it was like that was like it wasn't like your normal ankle sprain, like I fully tore a ligament. um, Oh jeez. And I couldn't walk for over oh like 10 days so like it was like really serious actually and that's why i honestly don't think i like fully healed for like a year <laughs> so like,
0: <but> like <laughs> did you seek treatment like so how'd that go did you seek treatment
1: well yeah like I, I i did a ton of different stuff on my own then there was a whole other thing about how i wanted to rehab it because i've always been more uh, holistic like if you look at i don't know if it comes across as tiktok on that much but like i'm more like organic like holistic like outside no i of the get box. that
0: though i get that
1: like, Thinking and so like I'm like the amount of stress and damage I did to my foot is not going to be, I'm not going to get back to the level I was by just like pushing a band with my toes and like yeah, I, like I see so, what you're saying.
0: I see what you're saying. Yes.
1: So I wanted to do other stuff, kind of, and then like that was even more butting heads. Like this, this kid just a problem. Like he hasn't even pitched.
0: Yeah, it's tough because their school has a fixed, somewhat fixed way of doing things that they believe works. And then when a different opinion comes in, it's kind of hard to not feel like they're getting a shot at their ego. I it's it just happens. Yeah. So
1: that's a really good way of putting it.
0: It's a it, yeah, it's an odd situation. Some some people are a little more open, but uh in my experience too, like that was not the case. I'll just very briefly go over how my thing went. Basically with TOS, I, I don't know if you're fully aware of what TOS does, but I basically oh, had yeah. I basically had like physically induced yips, (laughs) like it was bad. And everyone thought I just had, you know, the Y word. And I was like, no, there's something wrong. Like, there's definitely something wrong. We got to do something about this. And we didn't have a official trainer until the December of that fall. So we had like a a grad assistant who, you know, loved the guy, but he wasn't a like full-blown trainer who knew his stuff. Uh, So I mean I had to just struggle for like months before getting anything done. <laughs> it was terrible. But okay, so you got you got the injury and then you have like kind of a some scuffles a little bit with the uh how you want to go about it. So then what what else kind of went with that?
1: Like I got back and it was I was just kind of depressed honestly during that time. Like I was down been there. Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't like I was just sad cuz I couldn't play and like mm-hmm. everyone who's like had like a longer injury in college it's like kind of like i don't know how it's kind of i like you got to show up to like everything still and it's like oh yeah like, like why am i here
0: like that's what like, i did like, that's right yeah shouldn't,
1: shouldn't the point be to get myself to where i can help the team again like yeah. and whatever i need to do should be focused on that not just like me just showing face here
0: like yeah. for
1: hours like it just seemed like eyewash, like along with like a million other things but i finally get yeah. healthy and I like, I mean, our staff was just so like mediocre that like I was like competing <laughs> and I was throwing like mid eighties um, and, you know, like doing some good stuff here and there. And, mm-hmm. and then the season started <laughs> one caveat, actually, it was hilarious. I don't know if you've seen the series on what episode this was, but my coach sent that like paragraph, like it was the mid fall evaluation. Okay. And I don't think I had pitched yet. And no everyone's was like two or three sentences. And then mine is like a like like ex-girlfriend ex-girlfriend freaking out like, like <laughs> body of tech. Yeah. And it was literally just saying like you're not like you're not gonna play this year, basically. Like you've you've put yourself at the end of the line, like yeah, like you don't work hard and blah blah blah. Uh Ugh. and so oh, like, man. yeah, but then I got healthy and I was pitching decent. Okay. We, we go to Oklahoma for the first series ever for college. And it was like it was like ten degrees. It was so cold. Oh god! Um, yeah, we left beautiful San Luis Obispo to go to Oklahoma to open up.
0: <laughs> yeah, flip that and, schedule uh, right there, please.
1: I didn't pitch the first few series, mm-hmm. and then I actually I pitched first against Cal, and I struck out Andrew Vaughn, my f- the first batter I ever faced.
0: Wow, that's and awesome.
1: <laughs> he hit an he hit an absolute tater early in the game, mm-hmm. like, and so like I was in the back of my mind. I think I threw him. Like a babied 72 mile an hour change up like first pitch. It was a strike. And yeah. Then I threw like three curveballs. And I think like two, like strike, t- takes one, and then just strike three. And I was like, what? And then everyone was You're thinking, like, I was oh my gosh, like a dude after that. Cause then I struck out another like good guy in their lineup. Uh huh. Um, but like that was just like lightning in a bottle. Like it was just kind of a fluke.
0: <laughs> it's a funny <laughs> story though, because like, you know, even though you were like, oh shit, it's Andrew Vaughn, like, still get him out with, you know, throwing the right pitches. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so, I mean, how did that season go? Or at least, you know, for you, how did how'd you, how'd you think that season went?
1: I mean, I think all intents and purposes, it was probably a successful season. I mean, I was healthy for the season mm-hmm. after overcoming a lot. And then uh, – so, they, they gave me a Tuesday start after that. I just walked the house. We were playing Bakersfield yeah uh don't pitch again for like three weeks pitch <laughs> just get absolutely dominated by cal state fullerton on like a friday night like i think we were yeah
0: they're back. they're a this tough was, team
1: this was back when they were like legit uh mm-hmm. and we were losing like 13 to 1 and they I, puts me in every pitcher we'd gone to like five guys like throw them in barrel barrel walk barrel like next guy and it was just like a, a
0: merry-go-round yeah. oh man
1: and so i get in there and i actually pitched well and i threw like three scoreless i think
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then so now like it was almost like however i did recently my like oh it's one of those it was one of those
0: yeah uh it's like how how have you been doing for me lately type of thing
1: uh
0: hmm. that that kind of happens in college um i mean i've noticed as well Uh, i feel like it's probably more common than then it should be, but that's like the nature of college. And it's so different from pro ball. It's crazy. Um Okay. So, but ultimately like, would you say at least with the team, you like kind of fit in like with Cal, like with Cal Poly, like those guys uh, or was it, a, was I there a little know. struggle there too? Cause that is also pretty important in college. Yeah. Right?
1: Definitely. I, I think that comes next year. Like we can get into that. Like my next year when I returned, um, Oh, Um okay. my first year, I don't know. I probably was probably just like a little, I remember like, I was kind of into the rap Soto stuff. because I was like, I was like, this has got to be like important, like all this stuff. And like, this is before anyone thought it was important. And I definitely didn't realize I was overvaluing spin rate. Like I thought, I think I was kind of that kid. I was like, look at my spin rates. Like
0: (laughs) it kind of was a big deal. That was the first thing that people latched onto from the, the, you know, the analytic era. And Um, so
1: I guess other older guys could have been like, who the hell is this guy? But it wasn't too bad. My freshman year, I definitely had good friends. Um, okay but what happened what happened was after that one outing our friday guy got hurt in that game and then he just Mm. put me into the friday night starter role and (laughs) because they didn't want to like move our other guys around in the rotation and and
0: that's very odd but all right
1: i I was like decent uh well we had a really good guy out of the bullpen who could like i think it did kind of work out decent like we started winning i think Mm -hmm. my first like four starts we won (laughs) I was like I didn't get the win in any of them. Keep them that, that in that. Yeah, the win.
0: but wins are wins in college. Like that's yeah. that's you know, that's their thing. It's all about the wins. So
1: So I was like battling through that um that year, but like I I got so much experience to be able to do that as a freshman and like mm-hmm. I got to pitch a good amount, but I would, I was throwing like 3 to 4 innings like every Friday like grinding through like mm-hmm. like two or three four runs. Um Yeah,
0: that's that's valuable experience though, for sure.
1: Yeah, and then that kind of wrapped up that year. But, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, do you want to talk about the summer kind of or more?
0: Well, okay, you said you came back, though. I actually kind of forgot about that part of your story where you left and came back. So, did you go JUCO first? Or? Well, what
1: happened was, like, I just came back from my sophomore year. Um,
0: oh, okay, okay. And
1: then I transferred to JUCO, like, in that quarter.
0: Okay, so, yeah, let's do that, let's yeah. go over, like, why why like what made you decide to like leave Cal Poly and like kind yeah. of what what went into that
1: uh well so talking about the summer helps because that's when I went to drive line.
0: oh it, okay okay yeah. okay. let's do that
1: and I was throwing like way harder mm-hmm. I was sitting like low 90s up there and I'd never hit 91 before um dang so I don't know like what the hell happened but like I was kind of just like learning again mm-hmm. and then our pitching coach left in like the middle of the summer i think and so we didn't know who we were gonna get mm, and then okay. we get a new pitching coach who was like the hitting coach at nevada or something like it was just like i was like what
0: yeah you're kind of like wait huh okay
1: <laughs> and like i'd already built that relationship with the first coach who it's like important. Like the it time matters because, a lot. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. It all, I mean, if your head coach isn't the pitching guy, then your relationship with your pitching coach is almost more important than with the head coach as a pitcher.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Well, that's tough. So and they, they weren't
1: like, I was big on, at that point, I'm like all bought in on plyos now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like weighted balls and kind of like, and at that point it's crazy. Cause we're not even that far removed from that. But it was still like kind of like um,
0: it was neat. It was yeah. like a little bit like, hmm, that guy. Like, is this is this the right thing to do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was like, now
0: it's like every literally every pro pitcher is throwing play balls.
1: Yeah. Now it's the now it's opposite in the bad spectrum. Like everyone shouldn't be throwing them. But like, yeah, yeah, it's literally just mass thinking. It's it's so weird watching the yeah the trend the needle move. Yeah. And it's like at like you're still not doing the right thing. Now you're making kids with long arm actions throw plyos that already were good and like now they now their arm action's weird and shorter. Like it's it's just interesting seeing it.
0: Yeah, happen. I've actually experienced a little bit of that for sure. The the plyo thing's kinda it's okay with me. But anyway, it's not about me. Okay, so what's jump into that fall? But like whatever yeah, so
1: I get back to school Okay. Um, and I don't know how receptive the new pitching coach is gonna be the stuff I want to bring back,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And so my first live was like really good. I thought like this is hilarious. So I I am throwing my average fastball my freshman year was like eighty five. It might have been eighty four eight. And I was like, eighty Okay, a decent pitcher. And uh, yeah, I come back my first live at Cal Poly, and I I was just kind of like easing into it. I was like eighty nine ninety one. And that's
0: great for yeah, a fall.
1: He goes. <laughs> he asked me how do you think your live was on a grade scale? And I was like, I think okay. I faced like four guys and I had like a walk, like a few three ball counts and like a sh- two strikeouts and a hit or something. Okay. And a little, like spraying it a little. And I'm like, oh, like, like probably around like a B. He's like, he was like, I, I would say C minus. And I was just like,
0: <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> all right.
1: Well, just like having no idea where I was last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, just uh, have yeah, okay. Say that to me. I know what I was you was just like, I was just like, like what? Like, yeah, dude, like I just gained five miles an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I've been working hard, really hard. <laughs> like, please acknowledge that because yeah. it's it's credit where it's due. Wow. All right. Well, I, so clearly you guys did not get along that great. Was that the main reason that you decided to leave?
1: Kind of. Like, I mean, because then, like, yeah. It became one of those things, the classic tale of the pitching coach who's also the strength and conditioning coach when he wants to be. Like, <laughs> like, like, why do you have a strength and conditioning coach if we're doing all this extra conditioning at practice? Like, Yeah,
0: what? yeah. I know what like, you mean.
1: People blur the – like, what is your job title, sir? Like, That
0: is actually really funny. I, I was very uh, fortunate that my pitching coach stayed as the pitching coach Only the pitching coach at Tulane. He was great. I loved him. Daniel Waitum. But I know you mean how it kind of will start to contradict and, you know, you'll just be like, what do we got going on here? You know, so.
1: Dude, I got a funny story. So like this is icing on the cake, like where I practice. And we have a big field where cross country would do stuff behind the Cal Poly baseball field. Mm -hmm. And he literally goes up to the, the cross country women's coach. And goes, like, what are you guys doing today? Some like ridiculous, like double lap mile, like we gotta hit yeah. this time. He goes, All right, guys, we're gonna do this. And I was just like, and then like what? the ju- the juxtaposition what? Of looking at, like no disrespect to like female cross-country athletes, but like they're gonna be very frail and like equipped to do their sport, which is running yeah, really. They're built
0: for stuff. running. Yeah. yeah
1: and i'm just looking at the girls that are running it and then i'm looking at like the, like we're trying to build like strong powerful athletes right and That's i'm just what looking at our is. guys and like just like him saying that and just being so like smug about it i'm just like what the hell is going on here yeah right?
0: what what year are we in like what's going on i mean <laughs> i don't know i'm not i'm not the best long distance runner but i'm also the guy who's like why do we run poles? like we should be running sprints you know so i mean yeah, that's so that's so odd. I've never heard of a coach doing that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I see kind of why you'd want to jump ship. Um, did that just happen after the fall semester for you, or is it a quarter or whatever?
1: Yeah, Cal Poly was on the quarter system. Um,
0: and but, you just said, all right, this is not it.
1: Dude, that was another tough time for me. Like, like bear in mind, like I, I have no uh, bad, like, I'm trying to think. Bad stuff to say about the school of Cal Poly, the area, mm-hmm. and the people. Like, everyone was freaking awesome. Awesome. There. I yes. would have loved to, like, play there. But, yeah. like, the sheer, like, ridiculousness of, like, the player development stuff, like, how much yeah. there was left to be desired was insane. And, like, mm-hmm. it was just, like, I was just, especially when I'm, we go play UCSB and I'm looking at all the charts they have, like, what they're trying to do as hitters. Dude,
0: they are advanced. And
1: it's like, oh, no wonder they hit, like, 150 home runs that year, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just ridiculous you know the practices you now i'd get so frustrated and i had yeah. like an internal battle because i wasn't paying anything to go there so like and mm. i didn't come from a lot of money so i didn't want to like be in Risk some weird financial situation mm-hmm. leaving to go to a new school like oh, look at this idiot like he left like thought he was better than us Thought the great
0: opportunity yeah he passed up on it
1: on the other side i hear um, you but like i was so frustrated and like internally battling and then i just like ultimately trusted my gut at the end i was like it's not yeah. happening here
0: you bet on yourself. And that's what you, I mean, I think if you're gonna make a bet ever, you bet on yourself because then it's up to you to, you know, make, you know, see that through and ultimately decide what happens from it. To me, it sounds like you were a little bit ahead of the time, uh, where the player development side was like, not necessarily the most important thing for most programs. And then you mentioned something like UCSB, who is like, that is their bread and butter. They literally look for like guys that can slowly develop and incrementally develop. And like, then they bring them in and say, look, we've got all these tools. We're going to help you develop even more. And they're yeah. great at doing that. Like I was on a visit with them and they were, they introduced me to their analytics guy. And they're like, Hey, this is so-and-so he won't be here. If you know, you come next year. Cause he just accepted a job with like the Yankees or some shit. And I'm like, yeah. wow. Wow. Like that's so impressive showing me all these heat charts, everything. It's like 2018 or 2019. And now it's like, not that this happens, but definitely more programs have guys like that, you know, and some analytics kind of piece to it. And certainly in pro ball. Now it's like at the bare minimum, you've got to have a team, (laughs) like a whole team of guys who do that. So I think, I mean, it's, that's funny because I mean, again, since you were like kind of ahead of the time, it just didn't like that, that player coach, like relationship just couldn't be met in the middle. Cause there wasn't like, there wasn't any like congruency of like philosophy, you know? So that's where it gets tough. Like the old school versus the new school player versus coach. So, I mean, that's also the beauty of Juco. I know I'm going on a tangent, but that's kind of the beauty of Juco is you can pretty much do a little bit of like whatever you want. I don't know if that's what you experienced, but I got a lot more freedom in JUCO. You know, so I love that about JUCO. Where did you go again? You, you went to a JUCO in Florida, right?
1: Yeah, I went to the College of Central Florida.
0: Okay, how'd you enjoy that? I mean, you were there for a year?
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as I left, like, like went in there and said I was, like, quitting the team at Cal Poly, like, I felt like an immediate, like weight off my shoulders like yeah. deep breath because i had i already knew where i was going i'd already basically kind of committed to call to central florida
0: you had okay yeah
1: call to central florida is legit like they went to junction Florida juco America. yeah their co, like nate pearson was like the guy who put them on the map that i don't i think he's in the big leagues with the blue jays but like yeah, it was, like, a first round yeah pick he is yeah um mm-hmm. and marty coach marty smith like dude the complete like juxtaposition like he used to be like he is on a podcast saying uh i was like wondering why you know like we we would spend so much time doing first and thirds at practice and like i looked back at how many first and thirds happened during the year and it was like and it happened once
0: that's that's so funny he's like why are we spending
1: half of our practice time on this um yeah and you know he he, he's all bought in like he knows cow body or cow body and uh, like yeah it's super cool and so like that was like an amazing fit like cuz i didn't necessarily i wanted like okay let me do whatever i want like i let me do all my own shit but at the same i wanted guidance from people i trusted you know it wasn't like i thought i knew yeah. it all and that was the perfect balance
0: okay well that's that's all you can ask for out of a juco and i guess opportunity to play that's like the main thing too you already had some experience um your first year but did did the experience at juco in terms of like pitching and the competition Did that help you go up a level two, you would say?
1: Yeah, the Florida Juco was pretty crazy because like, I I know it's
0: highly competitive, right? That was
1: before Eric Eric Sim came on the scene and like Juco kind of got like, now it's like cool, almost like, like, they they rebranded it for (laughs) sure. uh, Like the first guy we pitched was like, it was like some middle of the conference team. And the guy, like, Mm -hmm. it was their start, He was, like, some small righty, and he was starting, like, 96. And we were, like, what the heck? Um, But, like, little did I know, like, that was fairly common. Like, not – like, it wasn't like that out of the ordinary. Um, And so I got to face a lot of – I pitched really well. Like, I actually had, like, one bad outing. But other than that, I got to throw, like, 30 innings before the season got got COVID thing. Um, Oh,
0: wow, yeah. Like, I got to
1: throw a a good amount. And I definitely, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people I'm still in touch with and – a lot of connections from through the coaching staff and people I met there. Um, Like I still talk to the head coach and the pitching coach. Um,
0: Yeah. That's actually funny. You mentioned that. I probably still talk to people from my Juco or more people from my Juco than my first, uh, but you know, Santa Clara, that's so funny. You mentioned that. I didn't even think about that. Um, Okay. So from there, I mean, you went, you went to Oregon state uh, after that year, right?
1: Yeah, twenty twenty one. Then I was at the JUCO okay. twenty twenty.
0: How how did you uh how did that recruiting process go for the COVID year? I know that's kind of a unique scenario, but still it's coming out of JUCO. How did that work?
1: Yeah. So I was thinking I was gonna go to a few other schools more in the southeast, but mm-hmm. I had played at Oregon State before for summer ball and then uh, there was a scout who knew the coach at oregon state and then oregon state Mm -hmm. coach reached out to that scout about left-handed pitching do you have any guys and then like Mm -hmm. it was really quick and then he just called me and i was like and then like the money worked out and i was like yeah i'm going here
0: (laughs) yeah i mean they're they are a great program and that is kind of how it works it's just having the right guy suggest you when a coach is asking that guy for players (laughs) like It's crazy. So, I mean, yeah. Um, how close were you with that scout in particular? You don't even have to name him, but like, did you just like, how well did you know this guy? Not that well.
1: Maybe like one conversation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Cause I don't know if you, it doesn't even matter if you saw my video or not, but I hadn't like two, no one at Tulane had even seen me, um, at all. They had just seen video that I had sent them in emails And then I was the one who was like, yeah, I'm going over there. I'm literally going to take a flight out to see the school in case, you know, they want to give me an offer in March or whatever of my Juco season. And then after a nice little visit, talking with the coaches, everything went well. They literally called me and were like, we heard great things. And I was like, who'd you fucking hear great things from? Yeah. But they were so good, I guess, that they were like, we're offering. And I was like huh (laughs) it's like just based off word of mouth like that's it like it's really that simple so i mean that's another thing too is like if you know if you're gonna be a kind of player who's just like pisses off guys or you know i don't know i feel like you know a good first impression or just a good impression in general can go a really long way in the game of baseball um but i mean that's really nice how that worked out for you because obviously not everyone gets you know high level interest from like bigger programs. So that's uh I mean that's like that's rare. And I'm sure you were just like so stoked when you heard about Oregon State. So I could I could see it and when you were talking about it. Um but then okay, so I don't know if you want to talk about, you know, your experience at Oregon State, but um I think that would be I would like to hear about that because I've heard, you know, really good things about Oregon State.
1: Yeah. I think so obviously pat casey was not there when i was there he had just left like a year or two prior mm-hmm. um and he kind of built the dynasty um
0: yeah he did
1: so but our coaches were two former pro ball coaches and our head coach was actually the catcher on the back-to-back natty team oh so, wow yeah and he's not that old like all of our that was main thing like as i'm not trying to like like dump on the old heads in baseball like but like like we had such a young coaching staff that was like so full of like energy and mm-hmm. like was so close to the game like so close to the game because it's almost like every year you're out of the game it's like 10 years you like boost touch very yeah. quickly because the yeah. game
0: changes and it's changing faster now that's it's like big dog thing.
1: years or something like because like you'll have yeah. a coach like, and then when you're out of the game for so long you're just completely like you know you're on your own deal but like these guys were very mm-hmm. down to earth like very personable like ultimate like players coaches like that's great that, that's like, so great you, that you can go like golf with like on like the off day or like like just treat you like men you know
0: it's very pro style honestly
1: exactly yeah yeah and that was like great you know and that's what i needed and i actually learned my my first slider the infancy slider that actually helped me a lot uh mm. and uh at Oregon State from our pitching coach Rich Dorman he was he was really cool and he helped me with that because mm-hmm. I had like this huge breaking ball that was like a hammer and like I still throw it but like it's hard to throw like a big breaking ball in the zone um
0: yeah it my is, fastball,
1: my changeup was like spotty so like slider was just like oh I'm like it's one one oh like I'm just gonna throw a slider like and it was mm-hmm. like it gets a lot of swings too um foul balls like it just gets me back in the count or it's now I throw a different slider but uh it worked for the time, and I mean, yeah, I've pretty much nothing but good things to say. Like, I didn't even – I don't even think I had that good of a year, but it was pretty fun. I only threw, like, 36 innings. Like, we had a loaded pitching staff. Um, They wanted me to start initially. Like, when I came in there, like, I kind of mm. got recruited as a starter, and I just, like, wasn't that good in the fall. Like, I just – same thing. I wasn't comfortable yet. Like, I didn't get to settle yeah. in. I was, like, walking a lot of guys again, and it was coming off the COVID year where I was, like, throwing live, but it's just, like, not the same. Um,
0: Do you think there's something in that? in like the getting acclimated sort of period? Like, is, do you, is there anything you remember doing or like um, any like moments, uh, things you can like look back on and say, oh, this actually kind of changes how I feel about like showing up every day? It's
1: hard for me now because I didn't have it with the Cubs. Like as soon as I got, after I got drafted hmm. and I started pitching, I was just like shoving. And I was like, like normally like I would go, it was like a, like a learning period. Like once I was in a new environment, I was like, well, I got to impress this guy. Like this guy doesn't know me. Um,
0: Do you, um, or did you come into the pro, you know, scene with the Cubs with kind of like the idea that you may need to take time to acclimate, like that it's possible. Like, did you have that in the back of your head that like, there might be some kind of like getting my feet warm sort of period? Not really. I mean, that might've been it that you just said like, all right, I'm here now. Like, let's start doing well now. I don't know. For me, I've had that where I came into a new scene and I was like, all right. Like I knew that it's happened before where it took time and it might take time again to like get to like where I'm, you know, real comfortable, but I don't know. That's like a psychological thing. That's kind of, that's kind of whatever. I don't know if there's anything that you did. It could just be time. It simply could just be time. You know, for every every place is different anyway. But that's funny that that you know you had to kind of get your feet wet, and get acclimated, and then you were like, "All right, yeah, I'm dialed it Because like I feel like that's common. I think yeah. that's pretty common.
1: I a big turning point for me at Oregon State was after the winter break. I kind of mm-hmm. took a different approach. Like I literally, I threw like twelve to fifteen live innings over winter break and like four or five different outings. Like I just. Didn't stop throwing at all. That that's one of the mm. like for the college guys out there that are listening to this, like, I it doesn't make any sense to me the way the college throwing schedule goes as a pitcher. Like I can't, you're gonna pitch competitively in the fall. Like you know it's, you're basically trying out unless you're like a made guy already, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna like just like stop throwing for like two and a half weeks like right before the season like and then you come back yeah. and you have a few weeks like like to me my word of advice would be to keep throwing use that time to work on whatever the heck you couldn't do in the fall like whether you couldn't throw your your breaking ball like or you couldn't you know throw strikes or you couldn't yeah. throw like your fastball up for like put away just use that time to work on that so that you just hit the ground running as soon as the season starts yeah um,
0: especially if you're not in the position where you want to be yeah with those fall exit meetings
1: yeah, because so. I, I came back and I was like, everyone was like, whoa, like, it's kind of different. Like, yeah. different. Like, I had the confidence of like, I know, like, probably most of the people didn't do what I did in the, that winter. And so I felt entitled to perform well
0: before. Mm-hmm. And then it's I honestly couldn't... like an edge. It's yeah. like a competitive edge. Like you kind of knew like, oh, I'm 12 to 15 innings more into them sure. or into, you know, baseball into pitching than they are on the year. So I should be doing better. Like, it yeah. makes sense. Um, I kind of like that, actually. I don't think I ever did that. I might have done, like, a live here and there, but never, never that many innings. But I actually like the idea because I, I agree. It doesn't really make sense to, like, slow down <laughs> when you should be ramping up. It's, the season
1: is just so soon. Like, anyone who's yeah. already had a season knows you get back to campus, you dilly-dally with, like, individuals for, like, a week or whatever, and then you, mm-hmm. like, have a practice two three scrimmages and like then you go on a plane to go play somewhere like it comes quick and so i i hate feeling like the game is rushing me right like i don't like that
0: oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean definitely in terms of like scheduling um the You know, the schedule being too fast, too much, too soon, like that can suck. But then also like on the mound, like that was a big thing for me too. like slowing down the mind too. we can talk about that um, in terms of like pitching specific stuff. It applies to hitters, too. But um, okay, do you want to get you want to get into like the first season? Because the first full season of Pro Bowl, I feel like this is this is a good thing to talk about just because like, you know, we have (laughs) we literally played in the same league. But okay, you were drafted in ninth round? Yeah. Ninth round out of that, and it was out of Oregon State. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember what that day was like? Just want to know, because I remember my day very vividly.
1: Yeah, it felt like it took forever. Because, like, <laughs> cause especially since that's <laughs> rounds two to 10 that day. It's two to 10, yeah. Is, uh, I was just like, Jesus. And then, like, Yeah, just looking, know, like, just watching. I knew I was like, probably going to go around like, Six to twelve, but then okay. so like every time like six seven came like but like I was kind of like getting like, oh, like let's see like, and mm-hmm. then, like you see people taking like where you were kind of wanted or something, and you are like, yeah, you or it might be a guy many... in
0: your position too, and you're like exactly,
1: <sighs> you're yeah, like... You're, you're looking at the teams that you know want you, and you're looking at how many pitchers they're taking, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you realize how many good baseball players there are in the world right like oh my gosh every year
0: every year there's one of these and you're like oh my gosh
1: but yeah I mean it was pretty cool and then and then I think I just like golf like I, we did it we did the thing and then I just like golf with my dad because like it was over in like the afternoon and then and then I think I like lifted mm-hmm. like the next morning, like not to be like Mister Hardo, but like I was like, <laughs> uh, I, like, yeah, I mean, like,
0: oh man, like, Mister. You like,
1: like the guy that's like, yeah, there was two hundred and seventy picks before me, you know? like, like yeah. I'm gonna Oh make my
0: god. Hey, dude. Yeah, we there was a high, uh, high round guy like earlier this week who was like, oh yeah, I remember every name that was taken before me, and I think about them every day, and every like, night
1: every night I was, like, I, think shut up, bro.
0: <laughs> I was like shut up bro you were taking so high there's not even that many names like get out of here he was obviously fucking around but like still it's just it's funny um i love that that's, that's awesome um i mean dude i was literally on the phone like college coach when when i got taken it was so funny we were talking about going back to school and then he was like all right you just got drafted you should probably uh, hang up the phone and i was like yeah uh i'll call you back (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah it was it was odd but um okay what one of the main things i wanted to ask you though because obviously there's a jump from high school to college um but did you notice a bigger jump going from college to pro so far or because obviously you know levels are very different too um at least in the first year like what was that jump like for you?
1: I mean, I don't know. once I settled in, I didn't really feel it's, it's kind of like you're, you're playing against a lot of kids that are the same age that you would have faced in college, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. for the most part. Um, so I think it's somewhat similar. The approaches are very different, right? Like you don't, there's no one in pro ball really, except your guys' team actually had some of these guys. Like they're, they're like not really trying to do damage. They're just kind of like have like a tough at bat you know, like mm-hmm. that's like super common in college very. and pro ball. It's not very common. Like, cause like you don't get into pro ball doing that for the, like, unless no. you're like Steven Kwan, like where mm-hmm. you're like extremely good at it and you kind of right. still occasionally do damage. Um
0: Yeah. But that mean. was
1: like interesting to me. Like, and so obviously like then I adjust a little bit, but I think like when I, you know, hopefully pitch in high A, I think that'll be a good, like that'll probably where it'll be like solidify like difference, you know?
0: Yeah, I can only speak on it because I was there for three weeks. But and you literally your team was one of the teams I faced, and like you said, low A, I would say three quarters of the guy I faced this year are swinging out of their shoes, like just yeah. trying to hit something in the zone hard, and like that's I guess that's a fine approach, but it's definitely not what I saw in high A, like. just in that short time like i definitely saw guys who were looking more at quadrants more you know in spaces and then if i threw it in that space it was like they're jumping on it like less mistakes for sure um which is so not college either but like it kind of is college kind of not like that Guys are just a little bit more patient, but yeah, low A, I mean, from, from my experience too, in low A, it was like a lot of very aggressive swinging, <laughs> like a lot of just aggressive approaches. Uh, it was, it was, uh, kind of a, I don't want to say it was an easy transition, but it was a very simple one because it wasn't too complex to understand. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I, obviously as we move up the levels, uh, it'll get, it'll get a lot more complex. At least that's what I've heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, did, did you, uh, did you have any struggles this year? Any, like anything you were, you were like, Oh, wow. Like I'm kind of really battling something right now.
1: Yeah. I think there's two main things, but they kind of stem off velo. So like my first outing, uh, I was against Charleston. So like probably like the best team. Oh I mean, yeah. The best team in the league. They won the league.
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they had it. And they had uh, it.
1: yeah, I pitched, you know, like, okay. Like it was my first ever like outing at affiliate. I think I threw like two and two thirds, two runs, like three or four strikeouts and like a walk or two. Like it was just, you know, it was so, so, but like, I was like super rattled. I was throwing like my first inning, I was like 90 to 93.
0: And, mm-hmm.
1: and then I was like around 90, my second inning, but like my third inning, I was throwing like 87 to like 90. Um,
0: and and like, I huh. like
1: I wasn't like fully built up or whatever. But like I got like super domed up about it, and it literally like I didn't like it kind of bled into like the entirety of my season because mm. like I started I try to like started changing shit just like from like literally just these like six pitches in this third inning, <laughs> I, I like dude I like tried to do too much with my training and this and then I got hurt. I hurt my shoulder like doing oh,
0: some like, weird okay. ass
1: like ISO thing. Like I thought would like make me throw gas. <laughs> and uh,
0: wait, where'd you learn about this ISO thing? It was or... just
1: like some weird, like kind of like modified like push up hold where I was like, like holding in like deep scap retraction. Kind of like it probably oh, would have okay. been fine if I didn't do it like in season. Like, like you know, like there's a time, and a, place. Yeah, a time and a place for everything. Okay. But like I got rattled because I like, but little dude, and then like fast forward and I'm throwing fucking. 87, 89, like, in the middle of the year, and I'm like, dude, what the heck is going on? Like, I haven't thrown this slow since, like, like, high school, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and, but, like, in reality, like, my first outing when I was ninety ninety three, like, it would have been fine if I could have just done that the whole year.
0: Yeah, um, oh, for sure. Like,
1: but I was, like, trying to get ahead of myself, and as much as that can help you get somewhere, like, it kind of, I feel like that hindered me a little bit this year because... Oh,
0: my gosh, yeah. Because I... Mean... I Keep i got actually. hurt
1: because of it right and then like i kind of mm-hmm. i was just kind of spiraling like the cubs were telling me some stuff and then like that's kind of not what i had been doing and then, like and then i was like throwing slower and then right at the end though, the last like four weeks i um i actually did a mechanical analysis thing with tread like they have like a one-time thing mm-hmm. and that like really helped me and like my vela went up like two miles an hour on average like i was like averaging 88 at the end of the year and it was like i was like bruh. and then i like started yeah. having, like around like 90 point like whatever like which was like fine like like for Mm -hmm. the end of the year because i was like thank you like now i'm like not like freaking out as much
0: dude Um, yeah
1: so but that was like the biggest struggle and then but i mean i pitched well this year i think i had a three if you include the postseason i had a three two five era and like everyone will
0: take that everyone in my org would for sure take that oh my god we struggled this year yeah so
1: like i learned a lot about pitching with like subpar stuff at, at you know
0: I mean, yeah, that is definitely something at least for me that I had to deal with this year too. Um, I would say it was actually right around like when I came back to LA like my July was just all so all over the place and I was trying to do all these different things to like get back to where I was in May, June and I just couldn't help but like m- just for lack of better words, motherfucked myself mentally. Like I, and then I realized like on the mound, I was just, mine was racing, just racing with thoughts. And I, and then I, I don't even know when it happened, but it was kind of just like one day I was just like, dude, I'm just doing way too much here. I just need to like, turn the mind off. Like just turn this thing off. Cause I was just so concerned with like, like you said, like VLO, like you know, for me, it's always like the magic 90. It's like, if I can just be right around 90 and like be in that realm, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm all right. You know, like I'm healthy, but if I'm below it, I feel like there's something wrong, you know, yeah. it's like, it, it, but the it's contrast not true.
1: is crazy now because everyone is literally, everyone is throwing so hard. It's like, that's the biggest thing from college. Like, every, mm-hmm. like yeah. everyone, like everyone's <laughs> throwing absolute gas now, dude. Like you don't see like, in college, it, it's not like that. Like even on our staff, which was a like, good, like I think we had top ten ERA in the nation, like it's not like everyone is throwing no everyone's not sitting 93, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you get here and it's like, oh, if you're like an 89, 92 guy, like you throw very slow, you know. So it's like, oh geez, like I'm that guy. And, but but then dude, I would I literally had an outing where I I threw I I mean I threw like 28 pitches in three innings, and I was like 87, 88, I think, like or like me, I might have been just sitting 87, and I was like, what is wrong with me? And everyone's coming in being like, holy shit, you're like you're shoving, and I'm like, I don't care, like I'm not throwing hard, and it was just like, why does that matter? Like yeah. that's not what's important. What's important is that you learn how to pitch. It's you know, a so. fine
1: line, right? Like because the, yeah. they have algorithms, right, that spit out like if you will be successful at the big league level. And depending mm-hmm. on what order, yeah. you're, I know ours is more focused on that than the actual numbers you're putting up. Um, yeah, like that's when it's like frustrating. But at the same time, they're obviously like it's still valued if you're shoving. Like that, that'll that'll never go out of style. Um, yeah, and so and not necessarily shut like shoving in the sense that like you're getting swing and misses, you're punching guys out, and balls aren't being hit hard in the air off you. Like something right? Like not like shoving in the sense that like you gave up like three lasers like and then you got a ground ball double play and you like struck out mm-hmm. one guy like four innings or something like like that's right. not gonna get you anywhere like even though like you've left the game with a zero era like,
0: yeah yeah i know what you mean uh speaking of that did you notice well i mean again at oregon state i would i would say like let's group all of college all of your college experience uh compared to pros uh in terms of like the individual like work ethic for pitchers did you notice there's like pretty like it's pretty drastic how like the work ethic of pitchers like kind of at the pro level like jumps up or do you kind of think it's a little bit the same like what what has your experience been so far
1: i think the the bare minimum is a little higher like okay yeah actually like there's less just absolute like slap dick behavior like oh for (laughs) sure outside of the field uh Because, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, your job, like, you know. But uh, I think Mm. other than that, it's not too crazy. Like, you still have people who are really talented who don't do a ton. um, And then you have people who are, like, not that talented who, like, do too much almost. Like, it's kind of like a push and pull.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah, I I would say my experience has been pretty much the same. It's been odd, though. It was definitely an odd season. I don't know why. Just, like, just seeing – because at least when I say it's odd, it's, like – it's odd when you see like mo- like movement throughout an org where it's like sometimes you'd see a move and you'd be like, huh, okay, that's interesting. Where you would think like a different guy was supposed to go up because he's doing really well, and you're like, how does yeah, that yeah. work? So yeah, but then they they're just like, don't worry about that. Like everyone has a plan, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like sure, yeah, I get it.
1: <sighs> so if you want to get into like TikTok stuff, I might oh
0: yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm very down for that. Um, cause this is all, <laughs> this isn't necessarily like how you become a prospect, but, uh, I think it's, uh, it's an interesting, it's becoming like a real thing, uh, or a real tool for baseball players, like amateur baseball players, um, like act like seeking out information because youth players and I'm like, I'm sure you feel the same way and probably had this, um, do you just feel like the instruction that you're getting wherever you're at just isn't enough, or you're just, maybe you're being neglected, you know, yeah. and um, TikTok, like a, a platform like TikTok, or even like YouTube, there's so much great information out there. And I don't know about you, but it actually confuses me when, when people comment on my TikTok saying, hey, where can I, like, how can I get exercises for this? Or how do I improve in this? And I just think, Oh my God, there's like so much great stuff out there on YouTube and TikTok. Um, yeah. for, for just improving in everything. Like it blows my mind. I don't know how you feel about that, but
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's like the open source library, right? Of information that is yeah. has created. Like I like learned my curveball basically off like that Trevor Bauer video. Like when he talks about the gangster curveball. Like it's Oh, kind of like, really? Yeah, it sounds like trivial, but like. And, like, now I'm, like, throwing a curveball that's, like, graded as, like, above like above average. And it's just – I literally just, like, watched some YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. And, like, added it to my arsenal, like, over, like, the course of, like, a year or so. Mm-hmm. But, like, does it ever even happen if I don't watch that YouTube video? Like, does it ever click? You know? Like, it's just kind of trippy to think about.
0: Never know. You never know. It's so crazy. And, and also, um, there's a lot of stuff out there on the analytics side, too, which – just goes hand in hand with like tech you know yeah. like the fact that it's on TikTok that's what I kind of want to get into a little bit more like having a tool that I can like start using to post like analytics stuff on there i know you do a lot of that stuff though like you definitely do more of that than me like you like to do the mechanical breakdowns i think that's awesome you know and i i mean that that's like it's crazy that there's actually a platform where like guys like us and you know youth players can like literally collaborate yeah it it blows my mind
1: well i like i wasn't even gonna make i think i had seen it on twitter but then i saw you it was either in one of your podcasts or video you were talking about that pitching bot thing Um, yeah Yeah. and then like and then i just made a video out of it but like it's like getting ideas from different people right and then like Mm -hmm. collaborating to like make the content on the platform as a whole better and Mm -hmm. so i think uh that's just the beauty of it and you know TikTok like one thing that made me create a TikTok was I would be so much free time and I felt like I can do more than just baseball like I want to have like something I'm working to I want to have like for lack of better terms like a side hustle Um,
0: no yeah I feel that I I mean I probably should have even opened up and just asked why but like you make a huge point like this is this is like (laughs) such a big thing for like Guys like us, (laughs) like the amount of free time we have, but like keep going on that, honestly.
1: Yeah, and so, like, but I would be in the clubhouse, and I'd hear like, like Chrissy wake up. I just hear all these TikTok sounds.
0: Yeah, (laughs) like everyone all the time. Everyone's
1: on TikTok. Like no one's on Instagram anymore. Like, Mm -mm. and TikTok is just growing super fast. Um, so I was like, and then if you look at the way the platform is kind of designed. It, it still has a stigma about like it's like just a dance like weird app or whatever like from like when it first started yeah but, like it's so easily like it's easily abused obviously like you can just keep scrolling but like it's mm-hmm. easily it's a good way to deliver content in a video form that's not youtube right yeah and so and then you can't grow on on any other app like you can grow on tiktok like
0: from that's from my very opinion. true like very true the rate totally um I've seen uh, at least kind of the general trend is like people get bigger on TikTok and then they take it over to another platform, like a YouTube. Have you thought about like wanting to do that?
1: I don't know quite yet. I mean, like maybe if I got like big where I could like outsource that, like, Mm -hmm. but I kind of want to just post like twice a day on the weekdays and like, just do that for as long as I can. Cause when I grew the most, I was, I did a 30 day challenge. Mm-hmm. I posted three times a day and I only made it Ooh, to like, wow. I only made it to like day like 23. And I was like, this like shit was going on this season. And like, yeah, but I did that. And that's when I went from like, I think I had like 2,000 followers. And then I was like, I'm at like 6,000. I've been like, kind of, it's like slowed down a lot. Cause like I said, I think they changed something with the algorithm. um But <laughs> yeah. it's so funny. Like it's going to happen for you. So, well, you even, you did kind of find that series with, uh, what a college what the ideal college college baseball recruit that that, like (laughs) video was kind of doing well and then like part two part threes of that like i when i first made the uh i think it was literally i was doing a live or someone someone said top five jucos and i just made that i just made that video and then it blew it blew the fuck up and then and then i just made top five like everything and it just kept blowing up because i
0: saw those series
1: yeah, like like the top top five D three is like like no no hate to D three I didn't even know who these schools were I just typed in D three yeah. rankings and went like this and picked yeah <laughs> picked you're five. like all right all right and then here we you go have these people freaking out in the comments like and it makes the video go viral um but like right, that's right. the purpose because I'm getting my like as much as like that video really is giving you no value there's so many other videos on my page that have like maybe they have like a thousand views that like have a lot of value in them and like now right baseball player x is going to see that video you know
0: dude that's the funny part about tiktok is that you kind of have to get in that like you have to get in the the flow like with trends so that you can attract people to the valuable content so it's like you kind of have to do some of that cringy shit a little bit and you're like damn it but But, but then again yours was like yours was like pretty meaningful where it's like oh yeah. yeah like this is cool we're bringing light to these programs like yeah i like that
1: I think the series is over-trends. Like I follow a dude, his name's JT Barrett and he's like a content guy. He's
0: oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is like, totally.
1: Makes series and that's when I first started that series of uh Yeah. That was really cool because like to me I know the events and how they went, right? And I've told them to so many people. Yeah. And they're not that exciting to me anymore. But like seeing like I think one of those videos got like 60k, it was like mm-hmm. part 2 or something. Mm-hmm. Um and I was just like dude, this is sick to see how many people like actually care about this, you know, like
0: it's because it actually like, even though you've told it, you know, the story, like the back of your hand, like I'm sure JT has said it, like people gravitate towards that because it can actually apply to them as well. Yeah. Like they can learn from your stories. So, I mean, I actually definitely saw that TikTok video where he said make series and now I have just a whole notes page about different series that I want to do. I haven't even tapped into that. The ideal baseball recruits one, that's just the first of like seven or eight that I already have. Yeah. And I'm not even done with that one. I still got to make a lot of videos for that one. But there's so many. But I mean, dude, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to like talk about this, uh like talk about that whole TikTok thing. I'm sure we'll do something once I get a thousand followers uh like lives uh we'll definitely need to like hop on a live soon too. do stuff like that like if you're a youth baseball player like follow us on fucking tiktok so you can hop in the lives and ask us questions because like that'll actually be useful if you want to hear from us but i mean yeah
1: i don't know but i'm just thinking of like in my shoes if i was a high school me freshman year high school me uh-huh like, it would be so sick to find something like this because you can't reach like Trevor Bauer puts out all this great contact, but you can't reach him. <laughs> like You like, can't, you can't reach him. And like, you can reach us. Cause um and like, eventually like maybe it'll be harder to reach. It probably will honestly, like if we keep posting consistently, but like at least if you're seeing it now, like you, you can just, yeah. You know, like, some random kid can like get my attention basically like through TikTok because like, yeah, we just started posting so recently. um And uh-huh. I, I think that's pretty cool. If I was like, if i was in high school i'm just thinking about how i would have approached it you know
0: yeah and it's fucking free like we don't charge for the advice we give we just post like videos like we just put videos on tiktok we're like we're not even selling anyone anything we're just trying to like help you know so i mean that's again that's the beauty of TikTok. that's what i love about that platform um, shoot i mean I know, I know you got to get, you got to wrap it up uh, right around five here. So we'll, we'll just call it there, but that was, that was awesome. I really, really appreciate you like coming on and like, you are the first, you're going to be the first episode. So like, that's pretty exciting. Um, You know, I mean, I guess we'll just, we'll just wrap it up there, you know, and we'll have you on soon for sure. Like at some point in the future too. Got to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, We'll,
1: we'll we'll figure it. we'll figure that part out, but yeah, it was yeah. definitely fun. Yeah, some of the stuff up.
0: All right, well, I'm a, I want to talk to you, you know, after we say goodbye. But just for the podcast, we'll say goodbye right now. So, thank okay. you, Chase, and I'll see you.